0: Thanks to Vaughn Bell, we're probably going to be stuck with the same lousy NFL overtime system for another year, including into the playoffs. I can't for the life of me understand why this has to be so complicated for everyone. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into Hockey and or baseball, I also offer up daily shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. Whatever it was that happened to Patrick Mahomes near the end of that football game Sunday between the Chiefs and the Bengals, the pick that he threw to Bell almost certainly is going to end, or at least table, any discussion that anyone might have had at the league level about altering overtime. Given what had happened the previous week on that same field between the Bills and the Chiefs, it was very much a subject worth bringing up. There is no rationality for having a coin flip be that influential in which team wins a playoff game. Understand I'm not putting this in the same bracket as Steelers versus Lions, okay? There is no way that a coin flip can play that much of a role in the outcome of a single elimination playoff game. So when you say, well, the Bills could have just stopped them. See, just like the Bengals did. Yeah, that's true. And when you say, well, doesn't defense count? The defense is on the field. Sure, yeah, that's also true. The problem is the coin flip itself weighs into the percentage just way too highly. I've got some numbers here for you. The team that wins the coin toss in the NFL going into overtime has an 86 67 and 10 record. Now that doesn't sound like it's all that much, right? And and it isn't. It's a 52.8% success rate. If you win the coin toss, you've got a 52.8%. It's like barely better than whatever, right? It almost feels 50 50. But now there's this the team that wins the coin toss has won 10 out of 12 playoff games. That's a little bit different. What exactly does that mean? Well, if the, the first thing that comes to my mind is it's just too small of a sample size to really try to get all dramatic about it. But the next thing that comes up is that the teams that make it to the playoffs, the better teams in the modern NFL, tend to be really good offensively, first and foremost. So if they win a coin toss, their chances of zipping right down the field on you and scoring a touchdown are better than what would be the case in a typical regular season game. Such as, say for instance, Steelers versus Lions, where no one was going to move anywhere. Either way, the advantage is too great, and I've got the perfect solution for this for which I deserve absolutely zero credit, even if you really, really like it. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online. Maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at Point Park. Dot edu all right you ready for my big fancy revolutionary idea get out a pencil and notepad here it comes in all of its intricacy play a full quarter there done i'm not talking about regular season overtime again I, i'm throwing that out of the discussion for a million reasons number one being that i don't want the players, after they just agreed to 17 games, to be playing 17 and a half or whatever it takes over the course of the year, okay? So just throw that out for the regular season. I'm talking about overtime in the playoffs here. There's no reason whatsoever that you couldn't ask two teams who have just put everything on the line for a full year to settle their difference via an extra quarter of football. Give them all their requisite timeouts. Make it like an actual football game. You know, no gimmicks, no lining up at the 25, no walk-off field goals two minutes in and whatever else. Play football for another 15 minutes. I can promise that you will see coaches trying different things to angle toward an extra point because now they're playing against the clock or with the clock, which also is a part of football that gets eliminated with this weirdo overtime that they have now. Play more football. When a hockey game ends in regulation in the regular season, they do silly stuff. They play three-on-three overtime, and then they have a shootout if that doesn't settle it. No one cares. Really, it's not a big deal. I mean, you get an extra point in the standings, but no one says, whoa, the outrage or whatever. But when they get to playoffs, nobody overthinks it. You just drop the puck, and gentlemen, you're going to play tonight till you drop. Someone is going to score a goal here. Now, it's not a full period, so there is a difference between that and what I'm describing for football. It's sudden death, but it can also go on for a very, very long time and take that from someone who's covered a bunch of those. This plan involves everyone. Special teams is involved. Not excessively so, but just the same amount as what you'd have in a normal football game. Offense and defense both play a part, so you don't have this awful scene where Josh Allen Does all these great things for Buffalo, and then he's just sitting there on the sideline when it gets done and never has a chance to compete. It'd be like if Bill Mazeroski wasn't allowed to bat in the bottom of the ninth. You've got to have both sides. You've got to have all three phases involved. And who anywhere is going to argue against a full quarter of overtime for a playoff game? You're not going to get blowback from the union. You're not going to get blowback about health because these things are actually pretty rare. Might not seem like it this year, especially in Pittsburgh, where we were talking about ties a lot. And then we watch back-to-back overtime games on television in Kansas City. Probably feels like they happen constantly. They don't. They don't. They're really rare. Treat them as such. Play football. Play it out. When we come back, just one question. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. Welcome back. Our J1Q comes all the way from Sydney, Australia, Alex Hughes, who asks, One of the most common downfalls of this Steelers defense, apart from the inability to stop the run, has been when middle linebackers have been asked to cover wide receivers. Do you think this has been due to the defense that Keith Butler installed, or the calls that Mike Tomlin made with that defense, and the personnel on the field. Uh, Alex, my first thought, and I mean like this, upon reading your question, was neither. I'll take C that their players did a lousy job of covering. I know everybody, uh, myself included at times, will default to blaming coaches uh, for really anything that goes wrong, but especially in a scripted sport like football. What I saw with my own eyes this year was that Joe Shobert was okay at covering guys, but he was nowhere near what he was in Cleveland and nowhere near what Tomlin and company thought they were getting when they pulled him out of Jacksonville and they were just singing about this guy. Never, ever came close to fruition. And Devin Bush, you know, I don't know what else I can say about Bush without sounding like I'm piling on. I almost feel obligated to start taking a different tack on Bush just to try to balance out my own stances on the kid because he is, for real, a little more than a year removed from a major reconstructive knee surgery. And those things do take time, and I don't think anybody would dispute that he had a tough time with that this year and deserves the benefit of the doubt going into next year, though not for long. But in that same breath, the things that we really didn't like about Bush, and you mentioned this in your question, mostly had to do with his run defense, such as it was. But he also wasn't very good in coverage, and neither was anybody. That they put out there. Remember when they were benching Bush and they were benching Schobert and they had like Marcus Allen and other guys out there, and they couldn't cover anyone. Anyone. For the most part, this team's problem at inside linebacker are related to the players. It can't be overstated the level to which Bush's performance was a disappointment and the extent to which it damaged the broader cause. He hurt everything on that defense by being as bad or even at his best as mediocre as he was, regardless of the reasons, regardless if you you know support the, the position that, that the injury was at the root of it all. I'm just talking about what was actually there. It hurt that much. I am not inclined to pin that on the coordinator or the de facto coordinator, that of course being the head coach, unless you want to start getting into drafting and trading up to get Bush and other things like that, which, by the way, Butler and, of course, especially Tomlin were very much involved in. Given this team's never-ending search, to replace Ryan Shazier, which now appears to be heading into, like, phase four or five, don't be surprised if, at around draft time, when all of us are talking about quarterbacks and offensive linemen, maybe even defensive line, although I'm starting to feel that's a lower priority with Tyson Alulu committing to come back, don't be surprised if that position doesn't come up for the millionth time. Never, ever, ever let your guard down on the Steelers drafting an inside linebacker up high. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. Let's do another one tomorrow.